Was that is that big enough? Now I feel like I'm not a good clapper. <laughs> what a way to start the show. <laughs> well, welcome to the Sandhills Podcast. My name is uh, Pastor John. I am the online ministries pastor, and this is our shot at a podcast and our first guest, the Reverend Dr. Pastor Jeffrey Philpott. Hello, John. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is weird to say, considering this is... Yeah, I'm glad I hired you so you could interview me. <laughs> this was great. What a wonderful decision you've made. You're really seeing the return on investment uh, Absolutely, here. absolutely. Yeah. Well, so uh, part of this is just for us to talk about uh, relevant topics. You know, the world's happening so quick. Information is passing by so fast. So many major events happening that you can't possibly address everything on a Sunday morning. Right. Especially yeah. things, I mean, if you're writing a sermon all week, something happens on Friday, that's hard to adjust to. Right. And so part of the purpose of this is for us to maybe go back and look at some things, sure. talk about them, yeah. uh, maybe look to the future, see you know, what could be the outcome of these things that have happened, and then also just respond as things happen. So that's we should point out, probably, should we look at the camera? Should I look at you? I don't, yeah, it's a little we, bit, but it's whatever you feel, I don't know, either I don't one. Know. So I'm thinking this. So one thing we should point out is, you know, the idea is we want to interact with these topics. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, this this will continue on in a number of episodes. Like, tell us more about your vision of this yeah. podcast thing real quick. Well, when I was thinking about it, as I was, you know, what kind of things can I be doing with online ministry? How can we grow that as a church, especially amidst COVID? You know, this these were the big topics we were talking about six months ago. And how can we continue to, you know, encourage, engage, edify, uh, energize? How can we use all those E words yeah, <laughs> to good. really come that's together on the uh, internet? Yeah. But that's an I. But I yeah. always think of the explorer from mm, Internet Explorer. Yeah. So that's an E. That's a, yeah. But I was thinking, how can we utilize this? I thought podcast would be cool. And so the thought is we're going to have like a bunch of different guests on here, right? Yeah, yeah. different guests. Uh, we're going to have two seasons a year, 15 episodes each. So 30 weeks out of 52 in a year are going to be our seasons. Okay. Right. So that'll give us a lot of time to talk about interesting subjects, uh, things that need to be talked about in our society uh, or things that need to be talked about in kind of church culture or just things that probably should just be talked about, period. Right. You know, no matter what background you're from. And so today, just for clarity, like, I don't, I don't know the questions you're going to ask me. He doesn't. So I did not prep him. He did not prep me. So I'm totally... Totally winging this today. Yeah. I hope I don't mess it up. Yeah. This, no, this will be great. Yeah. This will be great. So uh, the first question, if you could please state your name for the record. Uh, my name is uh, <laughs> Jeff Philpott. Jeff Philpott. <laughs> Excellent. And and mine is John Dabex. And look. You know, because people always wonder who Mark. you are. They want to know who you are. They're like, that you know, happens who's, a lot. who's the new John guy? Like, who and, is this? Yeah. What is he doing in the church? Who is this that keeps commenting in the chats <laughs> yeah. on our church online? We wonder that too. Yeah. <laughs> this? We're like, and then I just showed up and I'm like, I'm going to interview you today. <laughs> it's my first time in the church. <laughs> Welcome. No, this is, uh, I've been here three months. Don't ask September? me. I don't know. Yeah, three months. Three yeah. Months, yeah. Three months. Three months. Yeah. I had to check with our, our you know, three months. Yeah. <laughs> Three months? We'll say three months. <laughs> but it's been awesome. And so this is an exciting part to also put, like you're saying, a face to the ministry. Sure. And something that people can log into on YouTube and see this and get to watch our engagement. Uh, or they can just tune in. Sure. Uh, however they listen to podcasts. Right. This will be there. That's great. Uh, so first question was perfect. You, answered, you nailed it. Whew. Okay, that was a hard and one. That I was a good I one. I hope they don't get any harder. Yeah. <laughs> 
So this, well, here we go. In your opinion, yes. What do you think was one of the worst parts of 2020? Well, I like in your opinion because then I can say anything. Um, it's true. You know, there are so many things in 2020 that were just overwhelming to me. I feel like in general, it's like we were all trying to take a test mm. um, for which we had neither prepared nor studied, and we had to come up with the right answers. And so uh, whether you're trying to manage your household or your child's education, or in our case, the church, um, you've got to figure out a way to do this now in a way that you're not allowed to interact in ways that you mm. used to, uh, or in ways where you don't interact at all, and you've got to figure out a way to do this remotely. And the strain it has put on everybody from... You know, the, the working person, especially somebody that worked at a restaurant or some other hourly job where those just shut down or uh, just even the strain on us who um, have a service based, you know, ministry, but you can't talk to the people in general like you used to. Uh, and you lose, like in our case, um, maybe two thirds of your people that mm. you I wish you haven't seen. Like if you ask me how many people go to Sandhills now, I'll be like, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many we have anymore. So um, I think w what COVID has done has has been a really horrible thing uh mm -hmm. and then you know layers you know it was like it was like a bad parfait you know because <laughs> it's like just layer upon layer of really painful and difficult things in an election year in the midst mm -hmm. of um you know racial tension mm -hmm. i think there's just been a lot of things this year that have been really cruddy but if you want the worst i think i think it's what covid has done and then the ripple effects you know from that that stem from that yeah that's that's definitely been so difficult talking about uh our whole job is based around engaging people. Right. And the way we've done that for 2000 years right. is gather people together and talk. Right. You know, whether it's, you know, we're going to sing or we're going to hear a sermon or we're going to have a small group and we're going to talk about these things. We're going to engage with each other and we're going to have community to then have a situation like this happen, mm. um, you know, unprecedented for our generation. Right. And I mean, we had this, you know, 100 years ago with the flu. But technology, everything's changed. Right. You know, even those people that had the flu could look back and see more similarity to things in the past for them. Whereas for us, it's much harder. Right. You know, well, but in some ways it's been better too, yeah. because a hundred years ago, how would you have still tried to connect with people? Exactly. I mean, I know we're all sick of Zoom, those of us that have <laughs> had to do it for, you know, months now. Um, but, you know, what a great tool to, mm -hmm. to be able Absolutely. to do that. Um, and the same thing with the mobility we have now with our cell phones and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, any other ways we're allowed to connect digitally that they didn't have a hundred years ago. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Such a, so it's unprecedented in that, that sense that we can't look back and be like, oh, we'll just do it like they did it because right. we're like, wow, we can do a podcast. That's right. We can do a Zoom call. We can do all these things in like the church online platform that we do. But even that difficult because you're saying, you know, we're not sure how many people were getting to right because we only see when someone logs into church online we see that it's one screen we don't know how many people are in the room right. watching right because we had 460 i think there's an updated number i checked the stats again 460 for christmas eve so that's households which could be and i know our household we had six people watching and we had six in mine yeah so you're like oh wow that could be a lot of people it could be a lot of people yeah. that were reached you know it's so weird though because when we were doing the initial where we were doing the videos like I, I was preaching to an empty room, mm -hmm. like on a camera. I mean, you see, I'm, I'm an interactive person. I, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I tend to be jokey and mm -hmm. I know, is that a word? I, I tend to be. We'll, we'll uh, let it pass. Yeah, I add humor. I'll allow. Um, <laughs> but if, when you add humor, nobody laughs. You know, you're like, hmm. That's tough. That, yeah. And so actually, what I started doing, if you're watching those, is I just started pulling out a lot of the humor and the jokes because I just didn't know how to make them, you know, work, and I wasn't sure right. if they were, you know, going well. I, actually, I couldn't tell if I was a good preacher anymore. Um, you know, so I was really? just like, yeah, so I just kept going and did what I did. And we would finish filming and people would say, well, how'd it go? And I'd be like, 
Eh, Ask me next week. I, I, I mean, I know the content was good. Uh, you know, I used the Bible, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that was that was weird. But like a flip side thing too. But now people are engaging our church, and I would assume churches throughout the world, not just saying mm-hmm. this, but engaging church who maybe didn't before. I don't know if it's it's safer, uh, or they were recommended, or I've got family members who watch us now consistently, and. We are now considered the church for a number of people that will never be able to come here, at least with any consistently right, yeah. consistency. Now, that also has a problem because church by nature is relational. And so mm. when the COVID thing finally dials back and hopefully we get some you know, stability again relationally, you know, what happens to them? And, you know, my encouragement to them would be, you know, please find a local fellowship, plug in, find people you can interact with and shake hands with and hug and, you know, share a potluck with, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's a different day. So that, that segues, I think, nicely into this aspect of global Christianity and American Christianity and things that we've seen with that. How do you think that COVID has impacted the landscape of American Christianity? Mm, That's a good question. Well, first of all, you've got to get past the natural division that occurred. Generally, I think, I think, since this is opinion, Mm -hmm. along political lines, um, where you had, you know, some who were like, you know, this is going to kill people, stay home, uh, which is legitimate, of course, Mm -hmm. Um, to others who are like, you know, the government wants to control us. This is all a ploy. You know, let's, you know, we don't have to do this. Let's rebel, you know, like, you know, burn our masks, you know. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get this odd tension going on. And then like for some, and this was, you know, a charge levied at us that, that in some way, um, by continuing to meet, uh, we were acting unwise. Mm. And then when we ask people to wear masks at the church, um, they say that we're giving in to uh, external pressures. Right. And, and so there, there's no win in this entire thing. And so you've already got a division that you start off with right away. And then a number of churches didn't meet for a while. Some still aren't meeting. Um, and so that's a, that's a problem as well. And so the way Christians view each other, the way they view their experience. Uh, but my biggest concern, I would say, as a pastor, as my pastoral mm-hmm. concern, is that because now we're, we're legitimately missing a relational aspect that, that was there previously, or let me just say this, was available previously, even mm. if not everybody availed themselves of it. Um, and, and since Christianity is all about relationships, not having people you can sit down and share a cup of coffee with or talk to or feel like that environment's been shut down. And a great example for us is we normally have a small group ministry that's just it's a ton of small groups and people gather. Yeah, yeah, hundreds of people get together. And so we start the ministry trying to do a, a version of it, and just hardly anybody participates. Mm. And so they're just afraid to get together, which to me shows that the mark of COVID is the mark of the enemy in the sense that the outcome of COVID has been uh, division and fear and suffering and death, mm-hmm. uh, all marks of the enemy. And so for me, it's like he has really used this to attack, I think, the church. Here, a concern I have, too, is so what happens when we move past this, let's say, and if it's six months, a year, whenever we're finally past this, so to speak? Are people coming back or mm. has it put such a fear now of interacting with people? I mean, what people are going to have long lasting effects, kind of PTSD uh, right. from COVID after it's over relationship. I mean, I, I was in a, I uh, went to the uh, post office the other day and as I'm, I'm standing, you know, it's got the little squares standing six feet, you know, in these right, little boxes. Yeah. And so I stand in the square and this lady in front of me is in a square. Uh, but then I'm, I realize I'm kind of in front of the doors when people are coming and going. And so I step forward a step just to not be in the way of the Clear door. The way. And the lady turns around to me and she's like, well, you, you know, like kind of shushes me wow. back. Well, then I'm like, yo, lady, what's, the, you know, like, and so <laughs> then I'm like, oh, now I look like one of those jerks. But it was just this yeah. whole, like, she was just deathly afraid. And I had a mask on. So, and, mm-hmm. but she's just deathly afraid. And I was just like, wow, how, what, what carries over for her in that or for others in that? Um, and again, not to minimize any of this. I, I think this is all legitimate. I think this is Absolutely. all real. I think we should all wear masks, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's just, it's just one of those things where I think it, it's got some long lasting damage that's going to come out of this. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to think because I was watching uh, a news coverage. They were running a story on this and there's been more hospitalizations 
uh, for mental illness this year than there ever have been right. before. And right. it's because there's so much isolation mm-hmm. that it becomes lethal in a different way. Sure. Well, there's no escape. I was talking exactly. to a, I was talking to a fellow this morning. He's a good friend of mine. He lives out in Oklahoma, and um, he said two of his family members go through severe depression during this time, mm-hmm. and they're homeschooling. Uh, so everything's online. I mean, it's not. They're not homeschooling. They're at home doing school right. online, and um, and then the mom now is working from home, and he has been doing more work from home. So they're all cooped up together. They're it's a bigger home. family. And you can't get away from each other. And there's mm-hmm. there's something about a, a, a Sabbath from even those you love. And, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, my wife delights when I leave for work and when I come home, you know, it's right. just one of those. And that's healthy, you know. So And those things were uh, so many outlets for that, you know, whether it's soccer practice right. for the kids to get some of that energy out right. or meeting at school, uh, going to gym classes. Mm-hmm. All that's taken away as well. Right. right. So it's uh, you, you miss so many outlets mm-hmm. for those family members as well. And so then we take these things and we think well how can we try and reach them still and provide some kind of rest at right. home and so right. that's you know the heart behind our online ministry and as we've seen this just as you're talking about you know you see so many people divided along lines of politics right. or how they're responding to certain things has uh what has 2020 done for your perspective of American Christians, like what have some things have you said? Have you has your perspective changed at all? Like you thought American Christians were maybe this way, and then twenty twenty has changed that or confirmed anything? You know, I don't know because I don't know that difficulty produces a lot of change by way mm-hmm. of of character. Um, but what it does, I think, is it reveals and um, what what formerly was a perhaps veneer of civility. Uh, has been eroded, I think, by mm. the challenges of, of COVID-19. And so I think our own pain, we project onto others uh, and we hold others accountable for it. And so I just think, you know, your average Christian probably doesn't know what to do. They're probably challenging. Uh, they're probably challenged. They're challenging the Lord a little bit personally. Mm. Um, and they're just trying to figure out how to be a godly person in this day and age right now. Um, and I think just sometimes because you don't know the right thing to do, you just do what, what sounds like you know, it's normal or natural or what is before you. And so mm-hmm. you're acting with your family in a new way. You're acting uh, with your neighbor in a new way, so to speak. Uh, your church you're interacting with in a new way. And then with the the heated uh, debate uh, of the election that went through, that was just another element. And then uh, again, with the racial tension, I think it's just, it's just, it's revealed who we really are. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure probably we should all like what's been revealed. Yeah. Do you think that the, um, that the church, handled that kind of the church broadly speaking mm-hmm. the american church do you think that it seems like people's perspective of christians has gone up or down through this year that's a good question yeah i don't i don't, I don't really know what i would say about mm-hmm. it's been such a hard thing i think for people like i'm a church leader and even i'm trying to figure out you know how like if you were to ask you know, like how how have you guys done or how do you think the american church has done you know mm-hmm. during covid19 i would say yeah i have a lot of respect for everybody you know for the guy mm-hmm who's still trying to make it work uh, to the guy who said, we're not going to meet again. Like these decisions are so hard and people will never understand. It's so easy to be an armchair quarterback and go, well, if mm-hmm. I was, I were doing this and how you should be doing this. Like you have no idea the complexity of the right. decisions that are before us that we're weighing, that we're trying to figure out uh, weighing the thing too, that like, Hey, if things go South or if somebody gets, uh, gets infected or, you know, if you have a kid come in with COVID and it spreads to all your children's, you're like, we're all, we're all thinking that stuff. And so right. I just have a lot of respect for people who are trying to make these decisions. And so actually for my part, uh, I've been really non-judgmental of my brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in Christ. And I, and that goes to families too. So for the family who says, you know, my, I have a, I have a, gr- a grandmother or um, 
uh, a spouse or even a child that's immune compromised. And so I'm just trying not to be around anybody. Like I totally respect that. I would never yeah. say otherwise. Uh, or for the person who comes with their family and they're they're masked up and coming to church and they're sitting here and, and trying to abide by all the rules. Like I have right. a lot of respect for them as well. It's, this is just really hard for all of us. And so this is one of those times for me where grace has been manifested and, mm. you know, I just want to embrace that. So I hope we'll, I hope we'll be like that. But I think it's probably revealed uh, some of our own personal character struggles. Absolutely. And that's definitely as I've been thinking about it and praying about it for 2021, just around the corner. How can we be the peacemakers in society mm-hmm. as Christians? Mm-hmm. How can we love our neighbors? You know, and you think about uh, everyone always grows up with the golden rule, you know, treat others as you'd want to be treated. Mm-hmm. But then to think that Jesus said, I'm, I'm doing away with that one. You're going to love others as I have loved you, hmm. which is even more than you could love yourself, which is an amazing pers- you know, concept to think about, that right. I'm to love others, right. no matter where they're from, the same way that Jesus loved me. Hmm. And in 2021, I'm really hoping that American Christians can take that to heart and think, even if my neighbor is from the different end of the political spectrum, mm. even if they have completely different values, I'm still going to love them sure. and show them grace and compassion and friendship mm. the way that Jesus did for me. Right. And so that's that's something I'm very hopeful about, that, that we can step out. And that's something I've loved about our church is our emphasis on community engagement and, and being peacemakers yeah. in, our, in our city. Well, and, you know, talking about the community's perspective, neighbor's perspective. Mm-hmm. This is the time to love your neighbor because you're at home. Absolutely. And so you're at home, they're at home, you see each other all the time. You know, what a great way to, you can share things, be there for each other. You can be the church. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and this was something, so I grew up in the military community and something that I was very used to was whenever you would move into a house, someone from the neighborhood's going to come by and bring you some cookies, mm. you know, something like yeah. that, which was not great for me as a uh, jolly, we'll say jolly, young child, because I would eat all the cookies very quickly. Uh, but it was just kind of that that hospitality and thinking, you know, how can you do that today? Well, you, you probably don't just walk up to someone's door because you don't know what could be on right, the other side, right, you know, sure. how they're going to react. But you could leave something, yeah. you know, and you could say, hey, you know, wore gloves, bringing this over. It's baked, yeah. so that's obviously going to be cooked, and it's you know clean. But just little gestures or things like that. Or sure. we even had a neighbor drop off a postcard in our mailbox instead of coming up to the door, and it was okay. just like, wow, that was so kind. Just it's write a thoughtful an encouraging note. note yeah. Of it. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, wow, that's really. I live in a cool neighborhood. Like this is this is awesome. And so you're absolutely right. There's so many ways to engage our neighbors mm-hmm. with the love of Christ mm-hmm. that doesn't even necessarily look to them like evangelism, right? They're yeah. just like, wow, my neighbor's so kind. And then that leads to, you know, why are they doing this? And then hopefully that leads to a conversation and down the road. Then they say, well, the heart of all this was loving you like Christ loved me. Amen. Yeah. And they're like, well, who's this Jesus guy? And they're like, have I got a story for you? You know, if only it always worked that way. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Tell me more about Jesus. Tell me more about this guy. And you're like, well, great. I wasn't expecting it to go this well. <laughs> so uh, we've talked about kind of the politics, American mm-hmm. Christianity so many challenges if you could say kind of one thing point blank mm. to every american you'd know they'd hear it no every american or every christian or every american christian Ooh, we'll go with every american okay and then we'll go with every american christian mm. uh if you could say one thing to them what would you say to the oh. american first oh to the american oh this is good you know so we 
we are marked by our independent spirit. I mean, that is just, that is how we're wired. Um, but what makes us strong can actually be our greatest weakness. And that independence can turn into um, division and bitterness and uh, hate. And I think that's, that's where we've ended up in a lot of this. And I think it's exacerbated by the, the blanket of, of COVID that's around mm-hmm. everything. So you're already, you're tense anyway, you're angry anyway, you're frustrated at the world anyway, you have nobody to blame. And so if you can just find an enemy, uh, you become all the more volatile. And mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm, I'm concerned about that. So if I, if I could say one thing, like, could we work together? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, look, we can stop identifying who's the bad guy here uh, because everybody thinks the other guy is. And truth be told, we probably all have a little bit of that in us. Um, so how about we just, we can stop that for a little bit and just identify, okay, you don't mm-hmm. like me as much. I don't like you as much. I, I get that. Can we work together to make this a better place uh, so that we can be who we want to be? So like I, my dream is to is to see, you know, um, if I could go back to American politics, like people on the opposite sides of the aisle begin to work together. Yeah. Um, but the problem is when they do that, they lose their constituents because there's constituents are the armchair quarterbacks who are, who are funding their campaigns right. or telling them what to say right. and to do. And, and so like the whole system, uh, the whole American system is its independence is, is a broken independence. So mm. um, you, it's almost like you can't work together. You have to villainize the other side. And how do you move forward with that kind of progress? So that's a, I think it's an inherent problem. In America, not just, you know, in absolutely. Church, right? And it's that idea of, look, the person you think is your enemy, hmm. give them the chance to be your friend. Right. Give them that chance. Yeah. See what happens. Well, you, you know, so I have a good friend of mine. I have a lot of friends who vote different than I do, think different mm-hmm. than I do. And so I was talking to one of them one day and he's very outspoken politically. And we were just processing like, you know, how would you how would you handle this issue? And so he was sharing with me like he what he was thinking about it. And I was thinking, well, how would I handle that issue? And so mm-hmm. we just we had this conversation. I thought, man, if that could just happen in the political sphere for real, where you Absolutely. got two people who are like, hey, let's solve this issue together. And here's the deal. I know I got to concede on some stuff and you'll have to concede on some stuff. Uh, but maybe we could work together to make some great things happen. Now, I do think at the end of the day, that's what makes America great is that we can, right. we can kind of have that. And it is probably dangerous to have one side dominate the whole thing. So it's helpful to have other perspectives. But. I just wish we could work more in a spirit of cooperation. Absolutely. So then what would you say to the American Christian? So, you know, you know, a little bit more about them versus just their nationality. You now know that they're someone who looks to Jesus. Yeah. What would you say to them? Well, okay. So that would be my challenge is to make sure you're literally looking to Jesus Mm. as your primary. Uh, because I think probably what we tend to do is we acknowledge that we love the Lord and we acknowledge that we love his word and the instruction he's given to us, but then we act like the world mm. and you, you're just as divisive, just as, um, just as vengeful, <laughs> just as, uh, uh, derogatory towards, uh, opponents. Uh, your social media is just as crass. Uh, it's hideous. And I'm, mm. I'm just like, we look just like the world. And mm. so we're not really given the aroma of Christ. We're just giving this, you know, stink bug aroma out to the people around us. And they're like, look, you're no different than us. And they, the criticism would be correct. Like, you're right. We just love Jesus. We're as bad as everybody else. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't mean that, uh, about every Christian, you right. know, just most. And so I, I, I you know, even, <laughs> just the majority. Just, just majority. No, I mean, it's just, that's how we are. We're wired that way. And, and so I, we've got to change too. We've got to, we've got to figure out how to work through some things, but you can't, it's almost like you can't talk people out of it. Yeah. And it's, uh, you think about that verse, you know, that says, if, if you're saying these things without any love, hmm. You're just a clanging symbol, right? And you th- and you really think about the difference between how sweet a bell can sound, and how outrageously annoying a mm. clanging symbol can be. Mm. And you think, well, like, let's let's be the the joyful noise. Mm. You know, like, when people hear us speak, we want it to be 
edifying. Right. We want them to be encouraged. We want them to to want to be a part of us. You know, right. we want this family to grow. Sure. And so I think that that's that's absolutely true. Is like you're you're following Jesus. You're a Christian. You you take His name. Hmm. Let's act like it. Let's right. love our neighbors the way that He loved us. Let's hmm. be uh, the the peacemakers. Let's go right. out and and love our neighbors and really show them that there is something different about the community of Christians. Yeah. Uh, amen. And you don't amen. have to sacrifice truth to do that. I mean, absolutely just, just be as wholeheartedly, you know, uh, loving the Lord and uh, about his commandments and, and still go out and, and challenge the world. So, yeah. yeah. And that's also a really cool thing that I've always found fascinating about Christianity is we have the ability to integrate so easily into communities. Hmm. You know, it's our, our faith is not one that's ethnocentric, right. You know, but global Christianity is so focused on i'm going to go out i'm going to meet you where you're at mm. and jesus is going to meet you where you're at but he loves you enough to not leave you there right and to take you on a journey of of, of rebirth you right. know becoming right. a new person right. marked by love and marked by christ so it's exciting what could happen in the future mm. we'll see this has been really great Really great conversation. Thank well, you so much. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Thank that. you for having me so. here as well. Yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And there's so much of other stuff we could have talked about, but I know we're out of time. But um, yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, if we can just figure out how to love Jesus and love each other, uh, which, by the way, I think are some pretty important uh, things that Jesus may have commented on at some point. It's uh, written. This is written somewhere. Heard somewhere. But I don't know. It's great. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's, a, it's great. But no, we need to, if we could really just focus on that, I think uh, you begin to solve a lot of the problems. And, you know, we've got to engage uh, directly some of the debates that are around us from a biblical worldview, uh, not from a politicized biblical worldview, which Absolutely. is what we tend to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Say it louder for the people in the back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, excellent. Thank you so much for being on the show. This thank has you. been great. Thank you. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And whether you're watching this on YouTube or whether you're just listening, we really appreciate it. Uh, if you could share it with your friends, if you could like it, subscribe to it, that would mean a lot to us. We want to keep engaging and encouraging you wherever you're at. So thanks so much. God bless. Have an awesome day.